Welcome to the Amanda Rollard Show, where we work together to support abundant living in all areas of your life, body, mind, family, finances, and community. Come join us and get your salt back. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Amanda Rollert Show. So happy that you stopped by. Are you acting entitled? While I was sitting in the pew during church this past week, our priest was talking about entitlement, and it got me thinking, and it got me reflecting right there in the pew, and I had an aha moment. I'll share that in a few, as well as a self-check conversation that you can have with yourself. So stick around. I can't wait to chat. OMG, welcome everyone to this episode of Salt Talks. It is my truest hope that we truly, truly spend each episode on the Amanda Rollett Show, supporting abundant living, living our life to the best. You know, my life is different from your life. And my past is different from your pasts. But here, together, on the show, we can truly support each other. We can challenge each other. And we can live our best lives today. So I had a heart to heart with myself this past week after our priest told a story about the Georgia Bulldogs. And if you are a football fan, which I happen to be married to a football ex-football coach, but football is in our home. We had four kids, two boys played it. So football, definitely aware of football. And I was aware that the Georgia Bulldogs definitely won the national championship. You know, they beat TCU and all that. So anyway, when our priest happened to start by telling a story and it was about the Georgia Bulldogs, I was like, hmm, okay, what's this about? Somehow, part of his sermon was on working hard and how hard it is really to achieve a championship title, really any championship title, doesn't matter if it's football, it could be cheerleading, it could be, you know, academic sport, what, whatever it is, it is hard for anybody to achieve a championship title at the end of any season. It, it is quite a feat. It's a long journey. You know, it starts with practices and outside of practices. What are you doing individually, collectively, as a group, as a team? How are you mentally preparing? How are you staying physically in shape? It truly is a feat when you're dealing and thinking about achieving a title, a championship. And so what the priest was saying is that, yeah, it's pretty hard, you know, to achieve a title, a championship, let alone repeat any championship two years in a row. And the Georgia Bulldogs did just that. So that comment, you know, caught my attention, of course, as I'm sitting in the pew. And I'll get back to that later as to really why, but he went on to quote the reason that the Georgia head coach, Kirby Smart, believes that his team really accomplished that very feat. And his quote, or the actually it's Kirby Smart, the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, he said this when he was interviewed. Kirby Smart said, when entitlement creeps into your program, you're in trouble. 
He said, we don't have a lot of that here. Our kids don't run from work. As long as you don't have entitlement, you have a shot. So I was thinking, hmm. (laughs) So right there in the pew, I'm saying to myself, okay, theory. I just heard what Kirby Smart said about his team. When entitlement creeps into your program, you're in trouble. So real quickly, I'm like, okay, test the theory, Amanda. Right there in the pew. What do I know? Quickly define entitlement. What do you think entitlement means exactly? So of course, I'm sitting there and saying, well, entitlement, I believe, means something like this. I believe I am entitled to something because of something. I believe that I am due something, some favor, some special circumstance, something just because of who I am or what I do or how well I may do something. So how does that look? I went on to think really quickly and reflect. Our priest was talking about sports, teammate stuff. Okay, so I'm, I'm still in the pew, <laughs> supposed to be listening, but I'm having a, a moment. And so I'm like, okay, test the theory, test the theory, test the theory. This is when I wanted to come back to the place about repeats from the first part. You know, when the priest was saying, you know, it's hard to achieve a championship title, the highest title you can achieve at the end of a season in in anything, let alone do it back to back two years in a row. And so as I'm sitting here going, okay, test the theory. This is when I wanted to come back to repeat championships from earlier. The Georgia Bulldogs did it two years in a row. Wow, what a feat. I know I should have been paying attention to the homily. (laughs) I apologize, but I drifted. And I drifted because I was testing the theory, but I I was intrigued. And so I felt like, well, if I'm supposed to learn a lesson here, then I needed to be, you know, let let me test the theory in my own life. I was blessed to have been part of three state volleyball gold medal championships. Once as a sophomore, once as a junior, and once as a senior. The highest title that a team can receive in a sport in high school is to win the gold medal. My teammates and I did it three years in a row, back to back to back. So I quickly started playing the memories back in my head. And our coach had no room for entitlement. She had no room for poor work ethic, that's for sure. And she had no room for selfishness. Hmm. Okay, so as I drifted back into the pew, into the the sermon, I found that our priest homily was, it was still going on, only at that point he was chuckling because he was continuing to tell the story and to tell the congregation about how entitlement can actually infect an organization. And, And so I thought, okay, I'm safe here for a few more seconds. So I know I shouldn't have but I had to finish this own reflection on this topic right there in the pew because I had to satisfy the, the thoughts. So I reflected again on entitlement and was it a part of my three state championship teams? And the short answer is no, it wasn't. I remember we were such a close knit group of girls that what we wanted for ourselves, we wanted for everybody. And we were with each other so much that we could almost think like the other. And one thing that our coach was just so good about is you cannot step onto that court if this is going to be about you, because it's it's not about you. 
you are part of a unit that moves together. As a matter of fact, she used to have this one drill that she would kind of rope us all kind of together that we had to move in a, in a unit, kind of move in unison. And when somebody went rogue or somebody you know, was doing something they weren't supposed to, well, you know, it, it just, it's very obvious. It takes you out of a rhythm, a routine. So I can honestly say there was no room for entitlement on any of those teams. I remember my senior year, we had a few stumbles that we had to overcome. And as a group, we did. And that's for a different story, a different podcast. But once we overcame, I mean, we were as as solid and unstoppable as ever. And so as I was thinking, I was like, that that statement from Kirby Smart, I think it's true. I never thought about it like that. But I'm thinking, okay, could this actually really be true? I think I agree. Because if you'll follow with me, entitlement focuses on self. What can I get? What's in this for me? I'm entitled. I deserve. I'm privileged. So focusing on self makes you selfish by nature. Focusing on others makes you selfless. And I have always said, as I've been building my teams, you know, as I coached and down the years, I was like, you, you have to play selflessly, meaning you have to play what's not in it for you. You, you can't look at it as what's in it for me. It's like, you have to play selflessly. I want this for you. How can I help you look amazing? And in doing so, you look amazing. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. So entitlement is self-centered. Entitlement wants you to believe that you're privileged. You are do something. You deserve something just by the nature of how you do it, who you are, or whatever the circumstance is. The opposite of entitled is humble, generous, selfless, considerate, thoughtful. You can go on and on. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was getting there. I thought right there in the pew having this conversation with myself. So I wanted to keep testing the theory, though, because you got to remember, you know, once you kind of grab a bite on a bone, you don't want to let go of it until you're like, hmm, yeah, this is pretty tasty or something doesn't fit the mold anymore. But I was continuing on the roll that I think what the priest was saying and what Kirby Smart was saying was absolutely true. So, again, I was testing the theory a little bit further. I am a huge huge fan of the sitcom Friends. I love it. I, I hope you have at some point in your lifetimes have seen an episode or you know exactly kind of what I'm talking about. Or if you're like me, I'm like, that's, that's what I put on, you know, before I go to sleep every night. I just want to laugh. And they're hilarious. And they're all each in and of themselves special characters. And I, I've just always loved them. So anyway, getting back to the point, the theory, I remember reading a story about the friends. You know, when it first started, David Schwimmer, who played the character Ross, I think he was the first one to of the six to have the part. And, you know, they kind of were thinking about, you know, building some of the storylines obviously around him. And, you know, they did obviously at first. And so Ross and later Rachel could have been paid more than the others, but it was actually David Schwimmer that wanted them to all negotiate together to receive pay raises. And in doing so, they all won. Like it was huge victory. And in the article that I had read, I went actually back to find it, but 
David Schwimmer, Ross, the character Ross, he could have felt entitled because he was, I think, the first one cast. And after that first season, when it when it was obviously they were onto something and this was potentially going to be a, a really big hit for, I believe it was NBC, he could have been selfish. He could have felt entitled and he could have felt like he was due more than the others because, you know, it was kind of originally written around him. But he did something pretty incredible. So season one, all of the cast members were paid $22,500 per episode, okay? Because of the exposure and, you know, people were onto this and they were like, you know, it was it was clearly becoming a hit. You know, the storylines were kind of focused around Ross and Rachel and that whole thing. Well, in season two, Ross and Rachel which is David Swimmer's character and Jennifer Aniston's character, were paid $40,000 per episode, which was actually more than the other four characters. But when season three came around and negotiations came around, it was David Schwimmer, Ross, who came up with an idea about being all or none. You know, he was like, look, we're in this all together. And if we stick together and we negotiate together, it's all or none. And so he, and I believe he, re- he received less pay than he would have gotten had he, you know, struck out on his, on his own and negotiated, but they negotiated together and got $75,000 per episode per character. I know that's crazy money, right? Oh, just wait. The story gets better. So he came up with the idea all or none. So he did not function in entitlement. He did not function in privilege. He did not function in this is do me. He was functioning in selflessness. What I want for myself, I want for all. So when season four came around, they all got $85,000 per episode. Season five, $100,000 per episode. Season six, $125,000 per episode. Season seven and eight, $750,000 an episode. And wait for it. Wait for it. Seasons nine and 10, $1 million per episode was paid to each cast member. It's incredible. And to this day, I believe, I'm not 100% accurate on this, but I remember, I think that the cast members still get over $20 million a year in royalties just because it's played and played and played and played. It's incredible. So no entitlement, having a no entitlement mentality, which started with David Schwimmer, paid off huge in the long run. And I thought that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Nobody knew how long Friends would be successful. Nobody knew how many seasons. Nobody knew what the next year held. But you know what? They held each other together. And so as I was continuing to test my theory, I thought that was pretty cool. So I am really believing that entitlement sucks the very life out of you. So I had to go a step further and I wanted to test entitlement in my own life. And I ask you to join me in your own lives and test this theory. I don't know how old you are. Doesn't matter. We've lived life, right? Remember at the very beginning we said, My life is not your life. My past is different than your past. But let's test entitlement in our own lives. I know that when I have been other-centered, meaning not centered on myself, not centered on Amanda, what can Amanda get for this? 
When I have been others-centered, I have received more blessings in my own life. And I also had to admit that when I have been self-centered, meaning focusing on, you know, Amanda, and maybe I even felt entitled at certain times in my life, I have messed up. I've made poor decisions. I've been whiny. I haven't been as kind as I should have or could have been. And I probably wasn't that fun to hang around. So when I was feeling entitled, meaning I should get this because of that, or I'm better at that because I've had more practice with it, I should be the one doing X, Y, Z, whatever, you know, you can insert whatever X, Y, Z is. All of that I know is stinking thinking. It is plain and simple stinking thinking. It makes us self-centered, egotistical beings, and pushes us away from the synergistic, powerful harmony and strength from the attitude of what I want for you, I want for me. I want your success as much as I want my own. How can I help you achieve something that you want? Not what's in it for me. You've ever heard of the WIFM principle? What's in it for me? I believe it's stinking thinking. We have to think about what's what's in it for you. How can I help you? And so as I was doing a little self-check in my own life, I found that there have been times in my own life, and you know, I humbly admit, I have suffered from thinking hmm, in with an entitlement lens. And I was thinking, ooh, I don't like that. I don't like the way that sounds on me. And it's so easy to camouflage entitlement. We can rationalize it. We can make it sound so legit. But when the rubber meets the road, entitlement equals selfishness. And selfishness pushes us away from really being godly human beings. It was at that moment that I rejoined the homily, (laughs) just as our priest was wrapping up. I may not have heard all of the other points that our priest was trying to make, but the message of the homily came through loud and clear. And at the end of the day, Kirby Smart was right. When entitlement creeps into your program, you're in trouble. And I'll go one step further. When entitlement creeps into your life, you're in trouble. So do a self-check and get a scalpel if you need to and just cut it out. Let's get rid of the entitlement mentality and replace it with an enlightenment mentality. Let's become less selfish and a little more selfless. So that's my challenge for me and you for the rest of this week and into next. And I know we can do it because it's the right thing to do. Oh my gosh. Thank you all so much for being here for this episode of the Amanda Rollert Show. As we talk salt, as we support abundant living today and every day, I am just so happy that you spend a little time with me. I wish you the very best rest of this week and come back next time for another episode. Bye everybody. Have a great week. 
Thanks for listening to The Amanda Rollard Show, a podcast to get your salt back. Share this episode with a friend and tag us on Instagram. See you next time.